Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth and I am your lovely host today. It is a wonderful Wednesday and if you are brand new here, thank you for joining me today. If uh, you're curious a little bit more about me, you can check out my bio at emilyelizabeth.blog. Um, but just a really quick tidbit of what this overall podcast is about. I do talk on a lot of topics revolving around the mindset, self-improvement, um, and I guess career-focused topics as well, primarily in your early 20s. So I would personally say this is a great podcast for those who are in college right now, exiting college, or maybe even getting into college as well. I think there are so many prime transitional periods of our life that I know were a struggle for me in various ways. So I kind of got inspiration from all the adversity and created this podcast out of that. But aside from my rant, I am so stoked for this episode and for you guys to hear more about this conversation. But before we begin, I do want to kind of go into a personal level. I used to do this if you guys have been listening for a while. And I used to talk about gratitude and all these different things early on when I started this podcast just a couple months ago. And I want to just incorporate that at least once a month again. And, um, you know, I know I don't want to make it too consistent to kind of elaborate too much on the intro, but just with everything going on and it being pretty much mid-July right now, I feel like I want to just share a vulnerable part in this intro. So it is July 15th as we speak. And it is a very interesting time with COVID right now. To be really transparent, um, I was very disappointed and I guess slightly surprised by just the backward direction the state of California is going in right now with the closures of indoor dining, fitness studios, hair salons, all of that. After it being open for, I don't know, at least a month now, a little bit over a month. No, no, I'd say maybe six weeks now. So that was personally a bit disappointing. And, you know, I know it's been affecting a lot of people's lively, liveliness or livelihood as well. And I can't imagine what it's like being a business owner right now with a brick and mortar store or restaurant or if you know for people who do work in retail at malls and they were finally getting back into working a little bit for that to be kind of taken away just with a switch almost um you know I I just empathize a lot right now and for me personally as well there's just so much emotions flowing so I definitely don't want to ever 
make it seem like life is all fine and dandy and you know this podcast continues on you know on a consistent level but I also don't want to ever take away from the current events and just the hardships the pain and the emotions and the good and the bad that is happening right now so I just kind of wanted to personally acknowledge that on this podcast intro and uh, just say that you know I'm feeling those emotions as well and I hope for those of you who are feeling very stressed anxious and um, having different emotions at different hours of the day just know that I myself am feeling that and for the people that I talk to who are my close friends I have learned they are feeling the same way so um, you know be sure to reach out to friends and people that you haven't connected with in weeks or even months because if anything we've probably all come to understand is that during this pandemic we're lacking a lot of social and human interaction And I know that is such a vital key to our human livelihood, our survival. And I think that's what a lot of us are missing. And and I can speak on that for myself as well. So be sure just to reach out to friends, people you haven't talked to in a long time. I will say I did that today as well. I reached out to one of my close friends who is in Canada right now because he's a Canadian citizen and... um, He can't work in the U.S., so right now he's working there for the summer before he goes to dental school. So it's been two months since I talked to him, and I just felt very inclined to reach out and touch base with him. So I hope you guys can do that, find a way to ease the stress that's going on. But I'm going to stop with this personal chatter, and I'm going to get into a little bit more about today's guest, Paulina Edmonds. So a little bit more about Polina Edmonds. It's funny, she is actually our age for the most part. Um, She's 22 years old and she was an Olympic athlete. She competed at the 2014 Winter Olympic Games in Sochi, Russia for the figure skating team. And she was also a world competitor that year as well. And she is a very well accomplished figure skater, especially for someone that has balanced normal school and high school, especially. Um, I know figure skating is a sport that is not very much talked about like many other sports, but as some of you guys might know, figure skating is just a one of those things that is it takes a lot of dedication, a lot of time, a lot of discipline. And majority of the skaters that compete at a national or world or Olympic level do not partake in normal school, especially high school or college. And Polina is one of the very, very few that was able to do all of the above, you know, competing for Team USA, which is a dream for many skaters, myself included. And she was able to go to high school. She competed at the Olympics at the age of 15. And then um, she did later on go to college, which we do talk a little bit about on this episode. She went to Santa Clara University, which is up north in Northern California. And she graduated from college this past May. So 
what, two months ago now. So she is very much in a similar boat to many of you who are listening. But I really enjoyed having her on this podcast, not only because I am a huge advocate for an athlete mindset when it comes to you know, how I approach things in life and kind of how I personally advise people who want to really have a disciplined and focused mindset. But I think she just has so many relatable qualities in her, especially because, you know, she was also in a sorority and she was, you know, also a student and she's done a normal life as well. But she has really Um, you know, good understanding on keen discipline to accomplish something that you really want in life. So no matter if it's being a specific kind of athlete, like going to the Olympics, or maybe it's, you know, becoming a doctor or dentist or whatever that ultimate dream is, I think the underlying theme and takeaways in this conversation, she really nails um, in this episode so I personally loved talking to her again she's super relatable um, but yet has an extraordinary story and journey in her life as a team USA athlete so without further ado let's get right into the conversation Polina thanks so much for being on the podcast today I'm so excited to chat more with you about your experience with our sport of figure skating and just of course hearing about where you are today Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm Polina Edmonds. I am a 2014 Olympic figure skater. I competed in Sochi, Russia for Team USA, um, and I was 15 years old when I qualified for the team. Um, Youngest member of Team USA at the Sochi Olympic Games. Other than being an Olympic athlete, I also go to school full time and just recently graduated from Santa Clara University. Amazing. So obviously you were 15. That was quite a few years ago. What was it like being the youngest Olympian on Team USA? It was a very surreal experience for me. I didn't know exactly how welcomed I would be to both just the Team USA figure skating team, but also the Olympics as a whole, um, just because it was my very first senior opportunity and so nobody really knew me yet but I was welcomed with such open arms um, from the figure skating team and um, from the rest of Team USA as well and I never felt any age barrier or anything um, holding me back. I was completely held in the same respect as any country, any um, athlete, any age. Um, it It was all this mutual family type of feeling. And um, it was absolutely amazing to be able to get so close to the figure skating team, especially um, because these were people that I was looking up to as, you know, my idols in figure skating and all of a sudden I was right next Mm -hmm. to them. And so to have that recognition and support from them as well was amazing. And you were a sophomore or junior at the time, right? In high school? I was a sophomore in high school, yes. Sophomore. Okay, so that must have been very exciting too because I think I for us as well, I'm sure you know this, but like not many normal high schoolers get to at least in the sport of figure skating really get to do both, right? Like do the Olympic dream and live a relatively normal middle school, high school life. So what was that like for you being, you know, in high school, having that normal school environment and then obviously being known as 
the 15 year old that went to the Olympics. How was that feeling like, if you recall? It was honestly like I was Hannah Montana. I was living a double life. Um, it was it was super fun because uh, I I've always loved school. I love the social aspect of it. Um, it's always been a really great balance for me to be able to go to school um, and be training in such an elite level at the same time because it kind of completely gave me a separate break from the other where my mind could completely shift and I could relax from either skating or school, uh, depending on what I was doing at the time. And so I'm definitely a very social person. I love, you know, interacting with different people. Um, and so I have a lot of friends at school. And so when I qualified for the Olympics at the same time, it was really, really cool to have everybody in my high school and my hometown and, um, just show me so much support and be so excited for me because skating is, it's an independent sport. It's kind of lonely in the sense of, um, kids at school, unless they're skaters themselves, which pretty much none of the kids I went to school with were, uh, it's, it's very, uh, unknown to them. And so any success that I had in skating was completely separate. They didn't get it. They didn't understand it. They didn't know about it. Um, it was completely just my own personal thing. And so I was really known kind of as the girl that was always training, always had to leave school as soon as it ended to go to the ice rink. And I didn't get to do a lot of the, you know, normal social interactions of hanging out after school or, you know, hanging out outside of schools type things, unless like I had a little bit of free time over the weekend. So once I made the Olympic team, it was this really big deal for everybody knowing that I made such a huge accomplishment. So having that recognition from my classmates um, and just so many people in my hometown that knew me um, was incredible because it really felt like my hard work was really, really being celebrated by people other than just the skating realm mm -hmm. and I think that's the thing too that does suck a little bit about skating is that it is such an independent sport as we both know and it's something that we go through very much on our own you know even when our parents and coaches are there to support us we're always you know on the ice mentally and physically on our own we're doing the routines on our own we're waking up at 5 6 a.m on our own to be on the ice things like that so i think that um you know the way you were able to manage it in high school i think that's that's incredible thank you <laughs> are you are you glad that you had the chance to experience both normal school and obviously the competitive world of figure skating i know that a lot of people at that level typically give up one or the other. So I, I feel like you are probably the only one I can think of that really got to experience the maximum level of, of skating, you know, being at the Olympics and obviously going to school. Are you glad that you had the chance to do that? And was, was anyone there, maybe like your coach or anything, did anyone try to convince you to maybe give up normal school and do online school? It's very, very typical that figure skaters, um, and I know other sports too, uh, go into homeschooling at some point. Normally when kids are mm -hmm. probably late elementary or middle school, definitely in high school. Um, but mm -hmm. I am very, very grateful that my parents held uh, my educational and academic standards to keeping that as normal as possible um, for me because they, I always had from them this sense of 
academics and sport are equally as important. And, um, you know, wh wherever I get with skating, education is um, what's going to propel me like further in life, like later down the road. You know, skating is a wild card. You never know what's going to happen, you know, sports. Um, but I always needed to be good in school too. And so it was really nice that I had a balance. And I honestly don't think that I would have had the same success that I did if I were homeschooled solely because skating would have driven me absolutely crazy. Like I would have just gone nuts because mm -hmm. my mom is my coach as well. So there's always kind of really intense conversations and fights happening between us when I was growing up, um, you know, at the ice rink because having a parent mm -hmm. as your coach is really tough. Um, so for me to be able to take that six hours in the middle of the day and just be in school and get to completely relax and just sit there and learn and use my brain and not my physical body, that was the mm -hmm. best therapy that I could ever have um, in terms <laughs> of training um, because I got to completely remove myself and not think about skating at all and just be with normal kids my age who did not have the same pressures that I did um, in sport. And so that balance was amazing because I could skate in the morning and then go to school and then go right back to the rink and just have that constant shift that kept me sane. Would you advise that to any regular competitive athlete, maybe even gymnasts or anyone that does listen to this podcast that is a competitive athlete? Do you advise that they try their best to experience both? Because I'm sure you know, I've, I've heard people get talked into, you know, I've heard coaches tell, you know, their skaters or athletes or whatever saying, you know, if you don't take this basically full time all day, it's going to be very difficult for you to make it. But clearly you were able to. So what's your take on that? I think it's really important for people to manage their time efficiently and know that, you know, when you have a set time to do something, you need to put your full effort into it um, and then you're done. I personally don't think it's really necessary for a kid to come to the ice rink, for example, and be there for four hours in the morning when they could be in school that time. If they're coming mm -hmm. for one hour or an hour and a half and they are very, very focused and disciplined with that time frame, and they do their job in that time frame. That's all they need. I don't think they need to be hanging around for four hours, like not really putting that same intense effort um, because I, I think that's also like overworking it. I think um, it's easy to train too much at the same time. And so you need to kind of have shorter bursts of really focused sessions to get the most out of your body. Um, Cause it's the same thing with, you know, like working out running or whatever, if you run for, 20 minutes on the treadmill, but you're running really hard, that's way more effective than if you're just like coasting at the gym for an hour and a half, but like you're not really being dynamic. It's, it's that kind of uh, mentality. And so for me, um, I definitely recognize that everyone's different. Some people need more time on the ice. Some people need less time. Um, I personally needed less time because if I came and I had my hour time frame and I did it all, I'm done. I don't need to do more than that. Um, and that repetition for me weekly was just enough. Um, and so that's the way that I like to do it. I like to have my shorter time frames and just kind of cram everything into a very, very focused session um, and be done. And then I can go off and enjoy the rest of my life mm -hmm. <laughs> during the day. 
That's a really good mindset. So I'm curious, what was your schedule like back when you were competing? Were you skating before school and after school? Or because you're saying you uh, preferred the shorter, you know, really focused sessions. So what was your skating practice or training sessions like? Yeah, so I um, always skated before school and after school, usually before school three days a week. So I would have at least kind of a two day a um, little bit of longer sleep period. Uh, my mom never really liked to have me wake up way too early in the morning. I was never a 3 or 4 a.m. Um, mm-hmm. The earliest I would get up was maybe 5 a.m. if I needed to skate uh, at 6 in the morning before school starting at like 7.45. Um, and so that was kind of my elementary middle school. I would wake up three days a week at 5 a.m. and go skate a morning session for an hour. And then I would go sit for six hours in school and then I would go right back to the rink after. Um, always, I was always changing in the car and eating snacks mm-hmm. of breakfast and lunch in the car um, on my way back and forth from the rink. And then I would skate one to two hours um, in the afternoon. And then I would also have an off-ice session three days a week where I would do another hour of cardio running or um, stretching every day. Um, and I also did ballet once a week. Um, for uh, dance abilities. Um, mm-hmm. So I had very, very packed schedule in my day, but um, it never felt like too much. I think probably because I was just used to it from a young age. Mm-hmm. But it was easier for me when I went to high school because uh, I had a block schedule. And so my high school, they let me have my two, every kid got two off periods. Um, and so my high school let me have them at the beginning and the end of the day. So I could skate in the morning and come to school later and then leave school earlier because my off period was at the end of the day. Um, and so I didn't have to get up at five anymore. I was getting up at six <laughs> in high school, which was really makes a huge difference. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Wow. I'm honestly really impressed that it's that your schedule is honestly very realistic for a skater because, you know, when I was training back in the day too, even in high school, um, I'm not gonna lie, I had days where I would compare because I I went to normal high school as well. And I had days where I was comparing my schedule to a skater that maybe I was competing with, and I knew they were homeschooled or taking online classes, and they could be at the rink all day. And I would be like, Mom, you know, they're skating, you know, four to five hours a day, like I'm only getting like two hours a day, but sounds like you were able to make it work and definitely had a more disciplined mindset around how to be more efficient on ice versus just kind of wearing yourself out for four to five hours a day. So honestly, that's I think that's such a great tip. If there was a skating mom listening to this, listening to this, I would say they should take that advice. <laughs> what were you telling yourself on those tough days? So I'm sure, especially as you got older, um, you know, being in the teenage years, how did you get through the ups and downs of competitive skating and just the mental toughness that comes with it? I would say you definitely have way more hard days than good days. Um, <laughs> and for me, there were a lot of times where I was um, struggling on the ice uh, and I just felt like I hated it and wanted to go have fun like the rest of my friends at school were. Um, and my mom would sometimes uh, just tell me like, okay, like then quit then, you know, like go hang out with your friends then instead. And I, and then that would always make me self-reflect and I would think like, no, I've already put in so much work. And then I would think, 
how much I love going to competitions and meeting people from all over the world and how much I love skating well at competitions and winning and getting on the podium and all these different opportunities that came with skating. And I realized that um, I did really like it, even though I was struggling that day. Um, and so that always kind of pulled me back. And I always kind of knew that I had this potential and this ability and talent, and I wanted to keep that and I didn't want to just let it go. Um, but specifically for the hard days, my, my coaches would always tell me that champions are made on the hard days and not the easy days. Um, and it's really, really easy to come to the rink and have that good day and just feel like, yeah, I'm so great. I'm going to do great. Uh, this is easy. Like, why would I, you know, ever stop this? Um, but that's not where the success really happens. The success comes when you're having the hard day and you're having the falls and you feel like you're just not getting it right. And you push forward anyway, and you come back the next day and you keep doing it and you keep getting better because of those hard days. And so that would kind of be the mentality was even if I was having a bad day, I would think that, um, the next day was going to be better because I was pushing through that time. Have you been able to apply that mentality in your personal life as well? Maybe on, you know, your tough days, I guess, outside of skating. Is that something you've taken from this sport and applying it to um, your drive and ambition through college? Definitely. I think there's so many lessons from skating that I've really learned um, throughout my childhood that I would directly apply to my life, um, especially things like this with hard days and good days. Um, there's always going to be kind of challenges that you face and um, the success that you do in anything that you do, it comes from jumping over the hurdle, jumping over the challenge, climbing the hill. Um, it's all part of the process. And uh, something my dad always says to me is that you can't be there for the end. You, it's about the journey. It's not about the end. And so it's the same thing. You have to enjoy the whole process um, and value the whole process instead of just beating yourself down. Um, and I think I definitely apply that in all aspects of my life now. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's dive into more of the current stage you are in. So you just graduated from Santa Clara University. What did you study? I studied communications and I minored in business. Oh, okay. Nice. That was actually the same thing I studied as well. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, were you involved in any extracurriculars in school, like a sorority, clubs, or anything like that? Yeah. So I was in a sorority. Um, my sorority is Delta Gamma. And I actually joined that um, my freshman year, uh, kind of on a whim, I decided to go through the recruitment process. And I didn't think that I would be able to commit to it because I thought that it would be a really big time commitment. And that was not something that I could give um, while trying to do school and skating. But I talked to my older brother about it and other friends that I had. Um, and so my older brother is in Greek life as well at his um, fraternity in college. And so he told me to just go through the process and ask and say, you know, what is the biggest commitment? Cause he thought that the only thing would be like maybe a weekly meeting. Um, mm -hmm. I said, okay, I might as well try. And I'm so happy I did because uh, I got to meet so many people right off the bat. Um, it's such a social network of being connected to like a thousand people right off the bat. Um, and I never had to commit more time than, yeah, a weekly meeting every Monday. Um, so it was really excellent for me in that regard. But 
Um, I'm also involved with a club organization. Um, it's a nonprofit in my college, um, and that's called Camp Kesem. And so Camp Kesem is a national nonprofit that supports children um, through and beyond a parent's cancer. So basically what we do is we fundraise all year to be able to put on a summer camp at the end of the summer for kids who um, one of their parents has had, has or um, have died from cancer. And so we kind of do this really fun camp for all of the kids and have them kind of open up um, and talk to us because it's really hard for them to talk at home. Um, but once we remove them from that environment and they're with you know, other kids going through the same thing and with students, adult figures that they trust, they normally um, get to talk about things that they don't usually. So that was a really fulfilling thing that I joined my um, sophomore year of college. And I've done it every year since then. Um, and it's just been the most amazing experience. Wow, that's awesome that you get to, you know, contribute and, and do different activities as well while you were in college. Um, and fun fact as well, I'm actually a DG. I went Whoa. to Chapman. So, <laughs> so um, that's kind of funny. I feel like a lot of figure skaters that I've seen go off to college went Delta Gamma, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there actually are a lot of Delta Gamma skaters, which I think is like so cool. I actually, <laughs> um, I just remembered this now. I was at Harvard for a um, skating show uh, this summer before I started college and Christina Gao, who is a yeah. skater. So she's a Delta Gamma. Um, and so yes. she was talking to me about it and she <laughs> wrote me a recommendation letter or whatever, um, a sponsorship form or whatever for recruitment. And so uh, that was also one of the guiding factors of why I decided to rush was because um, Christina Gao told me to. And I was like, okay. <laughs> That's so funny. Yes, she is also another skater. I know when DG, I remember uh, sometime um, a year or two ago or a couple years back when I was rushing and looking at the skaters that have, you know, become gone in a sorority. And I was like, oh, wait, Christina is a DG. Like, that's so cool. And, um, and I think, I think I feel like I, I did see at some point that you like had like letters on and stuff. So I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you also train at the same level of rigor while you were in college? Like, um, what, what was your skating, or I guess, transition and experience like when you went to college then? I had a very interesting experience uh, trying to train with college, um, specifically because uh, the end of my senior year of high school, I got injured. And so I was taking, I was trying to take time off and heal, but at the same time, not really doing that to the best of my ability because I didn't have um, direct instruction um, from the doctors that I was seeing and from US figure skating and everyone. Um, it wasn't clear that I needed to take multiple months off. And so I was still kind of semi training and using my foot and whatever. And so I never really healed. Um, so my freshman year I started and most of the year I was training and doing college, but then at the end I needed to take about three months off to heal my foot, which I did. And then I completely cracked down and I went, for six months, really hard training um, because it was right before the 2018 nationals and AKA the Olympic trials basically. And I was, um, 
it was very, very hard to definitely balance training and school at the same time, just because of me wanting to be social and do things with my friends. But at the same time, physically, I needed a lot of sleep. I needed to be working out a lot and training and eating right and all of these different factors. That was definitely hard to do with my newfound independence and living with other kids my age who got to just not have to have that discipline. (laughs) Um, but I was, I was able to do it. It was difficult, but I was able to do it. Um, but unfortunately, my injury returned with that short time frame in six months. So I had to um, pull out of the nationals after my short program um, because of the pain in my foot. But after that, mm-hmm. I ended up taking 10 months off completely. We decided to completely give me as much time as possible to um, fully recover and with that mm-hmm. time off, I also did not do any running, um, jumping, anything that could impact my foot. Um, I completely transferred to doing things like hiking and um, cycling. I did a lot of soul cycle. I did a lot of core yoga, abs, stretching, that kind of thing. Um, and it was kind of a very refresh for me. It was like, pressing a reset button in my body. And it really helped me get in shape, be mentally and physically super healthy um, before I started skating again in the fall of my junior year. And that entire year I um, was training slowly, but surely I was being really serious with both skating and school, but at the same time, not taking as much time in skating as I used to, because we were trying to keep my injury gone and we didn't want to bring it back with too intense um, sessions. So I was skating a lot less hours than normal, which was nice for my social life in school because um, it kind of gave me more opportunity to still do different things. But uh, my senior year, which was this past year, was very, very um, strict. I was training before school, after school, um, since I had my classes in the middle of the day. And I was um, very disciplined with like my social life. I was completely, that was like very second um, back burner for me. Um, And all my friends understood and they supported me and they knew. Um, So I never felt like I was like missing out or um, they never kind of guilt tripped me or anything about it um, because they knew what I was doing was really important to me. And um, I was doing great with that. So it it's it was an interesting experience because with the newfound independence, um, there's so many opportunities that I wanted to always take um, that I didn't have in high school and middle school. But at the same time, it was nice because my scheduling was easier because I could come later in the mornings um, to skate. So I never had to get up at five anymore. I was getting up at like 8 a.m. And then my classes, I only had like two to three classes a day um, and they would be whenever I wanted them to be. So if I did them in the middle of the day, that was perfect because I could wake up late, skate late in the morning, and then I could go right back to the rink in the afternoon. So scheduling wise, it was a lot easier. Um, But opportunity wise, socially, definitely um, a challenge to balance, but I've always been um, pretty disciplined with knowing what I needed. So I was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, I think 
obviously experiencing college as well. And after, you know, years of training and stuff, we, I'm sure you've seen it as well. It's, it's a very different world when you get into college, it's, you know, especially being in Greek life, like it's a lot of social like parties and, you know, just, just things that are very normal to college. So I'm, I'm sure that was an interesting time to balance both, but I'm definitely curious as well, you know, looking back on all these years from the times you were training at early mornings from elementary, middle school and high school, and then now being in college and obviously just graduating. Do you feel like it it was, I I kind of asked this earlier, but like, do you feel like in, in overall, um, just like an overall perspective on life that it was, that it's important to not give up that, social aspect if that makes sense I think what I'm asking is just you know I think some people are really determined to to achieve a goal right whether that's starting a company or being a elite level athlete competing at the Olympics or world level or of something of that nature um, you obviously balanced social life within that but now that you've gone through college and you've seen kind of even more of a normal life do you believe that that's such an important factor for us as individuals as we grow up? Definitely. I think um, socially it's really important for children um, specifically when they're growing up to be uh, around other kids their age and around kids who have different interests and talents. Um, So for me, going to school was very, very important helpful in that aspect because I was a normal social kid, you know, with everybody in every single age group that I went through, you know, first grade through 12th grade. And I was always with people who were very talented in um, English, very talented in history, very talented in science, um, talented in different sports than I was, um, talented in music. Uh, It gave me a very wide perspective on the world and, you know, the opportunities in it. So I knew it wasn't just all skating. Um, And the same thing in college. Um, It was very, very amazing to be around such intelligent people um, that I met through both my sorority and both through, you know, the people that I lived in my dorms with and I became really good friends with. Everybody has um, their own niche, you know, and everybody has their own um, gifts, I guess, to bring, um, into the world. And so it's, it's so amazing to be able to converse with all these people and hear their perspectives and their sides to everything. Um, and it's always nice for people to, you know, also hear, um, my story and my things that I've done. Um, and it's, I've always really, really appreciated that, um, specifically, but also, yeah, socially, I think it's important for people to be able to kind of, you know, have fun sometimes and feel comfortable Mm -hmm. with other people. I think if, if you're kind of uncomfortable in these kind of social situations, then you should probably be trying to put yourself out there more and getting more comfortable in it just because, you know, that's how the world works. Um, It just, it is what it is, you know, but if you do have a goal and you do have something that you know you need to be disciplined in and whatever, um, you should definitely put most of your time and energy into that, but you should also always dedicate maybe if it's an hour on the weekend or, you know, you know, Sundays or whatever, always give yourself some kind of break 
to be able to do that because um, I think it's necessary just for both our minds and our bodies to kind of have that relaxation and have that um, normal feeling um, so that you're not just completely immersed into anything because you also can't guarantee success in any single thing that you're going to do. And Mm -hmm. I think you know, with like failure, disappointments, it's so much more crushing when you've just devoted every second of your life to that. Um, and you don't have anything else to fall back on or anything else to appreciate. And so for me, when my skating injury happened and it was just really crushing because, you know, so much of my time and energy was put into that. And I had to pull out of worlds, pull out of the 2018 nationals before the Olympics, everything. It was horrible from a skating standpoint but I bounced right into my other life of college, of academics, of, you know, so many other opportunities that I had um, because of my education, because of the second life that I had built for myself. And that completely grounded me and, you know, made me a very happy person, a very satisfied person. Um, And I know that skating isn't the entire world. Um, And I think that's really important because a lot of athletes that I know, you know, their sport, is their entire world. So when it doesn't work out, which is very probable for an athlete that it's something is going to go wrong, they are left kind of in the dust with nothing to grasp for, you know, they're completely lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really thankful that I had this other kind of sphere that I'm in, um, that lifted me up, um, in my time when skating kind of was trying to bring me down. Yeah. And and I'm really glad that you brought that up because even for those who listen to this, whether they are a competitive athlete or not, I think there's a lot of people, especially with today's growing uh, technology focused culture that a lot of people are trying to pursue, you know, maybe their own business or something that they have to zero down a lot of a lot of focus on. And I think we forget that mental health aspect of it, you know, and when you kind of said how athletes, it's very probable that oftentimes there's an injury or something that kind of, you know, halts their career or maybe puts it on the back burner, essentially, which funny enough happened to me as well. Senior year of of high school, I had a back injury and just kind of um, could not really jump anymore. And it just made sense. It was kind of funny timing was going to college anyways. But I think it's really important to for people to just take note of that, that even if it's something that we want to pursue and we think that we have to grind and put in so many hours and pretty much dedicate our life to it, that there's also other things that could come into the way of the success of that, that journey or, you know, Mm -hmm. for athletes that did go to the Olympics. And I've heard the stories where after that, they kind of had a time period of depression because they didn't know what else they were chasing anymore, you know? So I think that's something that, you know, for me, after observing all these years of going to college and still having that normal high school and middle school life um, while training, I realized that I'm really glad I did that, even though I almost tried to convince my parents to let me be homeschooled for the sake of skating. So I think it's a really interesting conversation for me to have, especially with you, who is a fellow figure skater and, um, you know, obviously under- understands the time commitment it takes to be an elite level athlete and just focus on such a specific goal totally that's really yeah you just nailed it right on the head (laughs) yeah um so what are your future plans now now that you have officially graduated from college are you 
planning to compete again. I know with COVID things kind of changed things up for 2020, but I'm, I guess kind of speaking more so um, for the upcoming year, are you planning to compete or are you considering to, uh, moving forward in a more career oriented space, um, you know, maybe with a specific job or something, an industry that you had in mind to get into? I think based off of everything that's happened um, in this year, uh, especially because of the pandemic and, you know, being off ice for so long, I'm definitely moving forward, um, trying to go more career orientated now. Um, I love skating and I'm never going to completely part with skating, um, but I'm definitely kind of shifting into more of a vibe of wanting to explore my talents elsewhere, explore um, everything that my education has given me now, now that I have um, a bachelor's degree in communication and minor in business, I would love to go into sports casting um, or kind of any kind of media related outlet. Um, I'm really comfortable with speaking, with being in front of cameras, like all of that. And I love sports. So I would love to do sports casting specifically, but I'm also really interested in marketing, PR. Um, there's just so many different opportunities. Um, and so I'm, I'm really excited to kind of tackle that right now um, and see what opportunities lie ahead for me in that department. Um, and in terms of skating, I am um, definitely going to continue skating um, and I would love to keep doing shows. Um, hopefully, I would love to be doing seminars, maybe start my own seminar. Um, and that's just kind of, I guess, the route that I'm going now. Um, if things were different with uh, the last six months and coronavirus never happened, then I think that I would definitely be in like full training mode right now. Um, I was very focused for the 2022 games, um, but, you know, the the time is shortening. <laughs> And right, it's, right. it's very soon. And um, for me specifically, being off because of an injury for the last like four years, um, I really, really need the time to train and the experience of competing again, um, you know, whether it's locally, internationally, anything. I need that adrenaline practice. And mm -hmm. since that isn't really happening for me, um, yeah, I'm definitely looking more towards future career right now than I am with skating. Yeah. And I, I feel you on that. I know, um, you know, for me too, when I was turning the page and kind of after I graduated last May, I, I mean, clearly was not in a similar position with you where I was still like competing and, and, you know, doing triples and double axle during college. But, um, certainly it's a, I guess, sad page to turn, I guess. So do you have any, um, feelings about it? Or do you feel, I guess, like, do you feel closure from your time with competitive skating? You know, I definitely was having um, a struggle with trying to really decide what I wanted to do um, earlier this month, last month. Um, the last few months, I've really been thinking about it. And it, it was difficult at first to even approach the topic because um, I've always, you know, lived my life as um, an elite skater training um, is always coinciding with anything else I do in my life. And so it feels very, very strange to think that I'm leaving that behind or that I'm moving forward without needing to train. But it's also just such a breath of fresh air and kind of relief for me to know that 
I've really already accomplished everything um, that I've really wanted with skating. Of course, I would love to go and, you know, be national champion, be world medalist, be on the Olympic podium. Um, Those are always goals that I've had and that, you know, everybody has. But when I really look back at my own skating career, I'm very, very happy and satisfied with what I've been able to accomplish um, with both my international being four continents champion in 2015, being um, going to the junior Grand Prix final and being a junior Grand Prix gold medalist and all of my experiences on the Grand Prix circuit and being to three different world championships and being an Olympian already. Um, Those are all so huge and even feel surreal when I think about it and talk about it. And I'm so proud of what I've already accomplished. And I know that anything that I accomplish further in skating, it doesn't matter if I do well or not, because I, I already have all of that. And so knowing that I feel very content to kind of start moving on already um, and not feeling the pressure to remain in the sport um, just because mm-hmm. I'm, I just feel kind of like it's there's doors that are opening and I want to take them and I don't want to keep waiting um, because of training anymore. And so that's kind mm-hmm. of my perspective now. Um, and me coming to terms with the fact that I am satisfied um, is a big relief as well, just on my shoulders, knowing that um, I can move forward and not feel guilty or sad about it really. Um, so I'm feeling good. <laughs> that's good though and I like that you mentioned that because I I ask primarily to also help the audience you know again whether it's sports or not I think that kind of mentality and mindset is still very applicable to everyday life right like when we're leaving a chapter of our life whether it's you know a relationship or even just something that we pursued for a couple years and we realize that it's kind of time to turn the page. I like that you mentioned that, you know, you you see doors, new doors are opening and sometimes it's difficult to move on from that current door or current room that we're in. But when doors are opening and new opportunities come, it's also important to try to look forward and seek that opportunity to be something better for our future self. So I really like your mindset with that. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. Um, where do you see yourself in three years from today out of curiosity? <laughs> well, I would hope that I would be sports casting already <laughs> um, or in some kind of cool um, career position that I'm just having a lot of fun with and um, kind of getting my life established at that point um, very independently. Uh, that's where I would like to be. So and I also want to be traveling. That's one of my um, goals in life as well, uh, especially right now, now that I'm kind of freeing up in terms of both skating and academics, um, finishing college and, you know, whatever. I really want to travel a lot. So I would hope in three years that I've been to a lot of different countries. <laughs> oh, nice. Do you see yourself staying up in NorCal? I'm assuming you're still up in like San Jose area right now, right? Yeah. I'm, um, I would love to, you know, work in San Francisco or stay in the Bay area, San Jose. Um, I love California, so it's, that would be a huge plus for me, but I'm also pretty open to, um, relocating in terms of, you know, career opportunities. Um, and I definitely would love to live in like a big city, like, you know, New York or something like that. That would be really cool as well. But, um, 
yeah <laughs> I'd love to stay in California yeah okay cool um how about any advice for fellow competitive athletes or just anyone in general with a big dream to compete on a national and olympic level or again anyone with a ultimate dream that seems like going to the olympics which is obviously very difficult any um pieces of advice for them I, for anybody who's trying to, you know, make it to a nationals, make it to the Olympics, make it to, you know, any big competition or specific goal or dream that they have in mind, it's very, very hard. It's a lot of hard work, but if you match that with discipline and you know exactly what you're doing, you never look to anybody else. You focus on yourself. That's going to be the most important thing. It takes a lot of time. So it takes a lot of trust that you're gonna make it through that time. Um, it's really important that you focus on yourself and not look to other skaters, not look to other athletes who are maybe you think are progressing faster than you or you know getting things um, differently than you are. Um, everybody's different, everybody has their own time frame, and everybody has their own way of doing things. Um, and so it's really important that you find what's right for you and you just trust yourself because um, there's so many different outliers and there's so many different things. If somebody gets something earlier than you, you know, when you guys are like nine years old, maybe when you're 13, it's going to be completely different. Um, that completely happened to me when I was growing up. I was always kind of under the older girls um, and I was competing against people three years older than me. And then all of a sudden I was 15 and I was the youngest one and I was ahead of everyone. So it, mm -hmm. it's very dependent. You have to focus on yourself and never look to anybody else. Um, and so that, perspective matched with confidence is kind of key. Um, confidence is huge. The reason that I was able to get as far as I did was because I was very confident in myself and my team was very confident in me. So I completely trusted when my coaches and my mom were telling me, you know, you can do this. Of course, you're going to do it. Of course, it's going to happen. You know, like, yes, you can do it. That made me trust myself as well. And I would always mentally be telling myself, yes, I can do this. Yes, I'm the best. Yes, I can, you know, absolutely. That's not, that's not an unreal goal. You know, that is the goal and that's going to happen. Um, mm -hmm. That kind of mindset is very important because your biggest supporter is yourself. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody can, you know, sing um, praises in your ear, but at the end of the day, if you don't personally believe them, nothing's going to happen. Um, so you need to believe in yourself first and foremost and be confident in your ability um, and always keep that positive mindset. You should never let yourself go negative because um, the reaffirmations in your mind um, are essential to what is going to propel you forward. Hmm. I love that so much. And that's so applicable to all areas of life, as we both know, not only in skating and any sport, but also just in real life too, when we're pursuing our own dreams outside of sports and the things we did as kids. You know, we, we still today, I'm sure many people have struggles with comparing to other people, right? Especially as females, I know many girls our age have struggles with comparing to people on Instagram or comparing to people, um, you know, with the stage they are at in life, or maybe someone just graduated and they already got a job offer, right? Things like that. So um, I think that's something that you pointed out. It's really good to be mindful of that, but also to always believe in yourself as well, not in a cliche way, but in a realistic way, not doubting yourself in the things that you want to achieve and accepting that they are very realistic to achieve. Totally.
And last question, um, in over the years of your life, what have you found to be the most fulfilling component of your life? Hmm. I think the most fulfilling component of my life, um, is probably the relationships that I've built with the people around me. So, you know, my family, um, and my really close friends, Mm -hmm. um, that is kind of very, very grounding for me and very, um, important to any success or failure that I have, whether it be skating or academics. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, if you have really big success, you want to share it with others. Um, and so you're going to be really happy yourself, but that happiness is doubled when the people that you love around you are equally as happy. Um, and so that kind of sharing nature, uh, is, you know, just essential, I feel like to humanity. Um, and then likewise, you know, with any kind of failures or letdowns that happen, um, knowing that you have this kind of group of people around you, um, that are there to lift you up or, you know, support you even in those like struggling times, you know, that's kind of what saves you as well. And that's kind of what, um, makes you feel like at least I have this, you know, and this is something that is like a core to, you know, your emotions and, um, feeling like you can go forward still and try again or move on or, you know, take a different path or whatever, knowing that you have that support is very, very important. So I think that's probably the most fulfilling part, um, of my life, um, that is both connected to my athletic career and my academic career. I love your answer. Um, also because I feel the exact same way. I've always said that, I feel like what fulfills me the most, which is kind of ironically why this podcast I named um, What Fulfills You is because this is a question I ask every guest and is something that I learned, especially after my competitive skating career and kind of going through the ups and downs of college. I learned that the relationships I made and the people that I consider my core circle and core group of friends and just the community of people I go to when there is something to celebrate or when I am feeling down, I noticed that having those meaningful relationships were the core to my fulfillment, which I also believe is a correlation to our happiness and kind of that um, progression in life, that that, that good feeling we feel. So um, I, I love your answer and I obviously feel the same way about it. Well, um, how about just share really quickly where everyone can find you on social media if they're curious just to check out your socials and um, where they can link up with you. Definitely. Um, My biggest social is Instagram and it's just my name at Paulina Edmonds. Um, That's P-O-L-I-N-A-E-D-M-U-N-D-S. And um, same thing, I'm on Twitter as well. Uh, Same thing at Paulina Edmonds. Um, And I'm also on Facebook. So find me on any of those. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I'll link all that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Polina, for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. (laughs) That was today's episode with the amazing Polina Edmonds. She had some really awesome takeaways, in my opinion, from this conversation. I really enjoyed the part where she talked about how you need to only focus on yourself And even though she did mention some pieces about, you know, how we related back to skating and I could not relate more to that because when I was a skater, 
I used to compare myself to other skaters, how I would do in the competition leading up to the competition, which was so unhealthy. And to be really honest with you guys, that was probably 70 or 80% of the reason why I didn't do as well in some competitions. It was because I was so caught up in trying to calculate, you know, my chances of winning and all these different things. And now in hindsight at the age of 23 looking back at all those things i used to do when i was 16 i noticed that i still do some of those things in today's personal life or even sometimes in my work life as well and it's certainly something i'm trying to work on and i work on very frequently um, and very candidly with one of my best friends dana but i think overall that's such a huge takeaway for women at this age in your early 20s i think so many of us are so accustomed to that immediate reaction of comparing ourselves to the girl next door or to the girl on instagram or to other girls when it comes to dating especially um (laughs) trust me like i was in college and i know the habits that we all kind of go into and we're always you know worried about just the the competitiveness of who we're up against, right? And like I said, I'm a huge culprit of that, but I'm also acknowledging that's so unhealthy and that was part of why I mentally lost in so many cases. And today that's something I have corrected very well over the past few years, but I'm still working on because I think it's just a muscle that we have to train and it's not just about comparison or lack of comparison, but rather just purely focusing on yourself and your own lane and to just kind of leave you guys with a motivational quote, I suppose, for this episode, um, something that I always think of when it comes to not comparing myself. I think of uh, Lauren Everett from The Skinny Confidential. She said this on an interview one time, and she said she got advice for how to not focus on people. And it was something along the lines of, be like Michael Phelps, stay in your own lane, and focus only on your own lane. Because when Michael Phelps was winning all these Olympic medals, he was not looking at how the guy next to him was doing. Because if he was, he wouldn't have won all those medals. And what that means is, you know, as a swimmer, if he's looking over at someone else, it's he's going to lose by a millisecond. And that's easily the difference between first or the gold and silver medal at the Olympics. And he was the best for a reason. He wasn't looking or paying attention to other people. He was focused on just himself. So just remember that the next time you get distracted and you start comparing yourself, I know it's not easy, but at the end of the day, that is really the simple difference between who is getting ahead in their career, their life, in their discipline, whatever it is. It's just a matter of focus and where you put your focus. And with that, I will conclude this episode here. If you really enjoyed this episode, please be sure to let us know in the comments on the podcast Instagram. And if you have been loving the podcast, as always, please be sure to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. It takes just a minute or two, and it really means the world to me. I notice it every single time. So thank you to those who have done it already. I genuinely appreciate it. I hope you guys uh, continue to do well, stay positive, and I'll chat with you all next week. Bye.
At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.